0: I'm ready are you ready you've been waiting I'm sure you're ready
1: (laughs) no problem no problem at all
0: welcome to the elevated entrepreneur podcast I'm Janessa McKenzie a business mindset coach and brand strategist and I help online experts like you stop self-sabotaging their success and unapologetically build a badass personal brand that makes marketing and sales easy. It's my mission to show you how to become who you were created to be so you can share your talents with the world, make a difference, and create the income and impact you desire. So if you're ready to end your battle with self-sabotage or gain your kick-ass confidence and create a business and life of your dreams, Listen up as I hit the BS button on the notion that hustle and hard work are all it takes to be successful, and mix the woo with the strategy to help you create the mindset, messaging, and visibility you need to attract the clients and cash that you want, while unapologetically building a powerful brand from the inside out. Now let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I am here with Maria Grace. And she's an online marketing expert for small businesses, and she specializes in SEO and online advertising, including Google AdWords and Facebook ads. So I'm really excited to talk to her because these are not my zones of genius. So (laughs) I'm excited for two reasons. One, because it is not my zone of genius. And two, because this isn't something that I talk about a lot. So anyone looking for this kind of information, we have it and it's here and she's going to tell us all about it. Hi, Maria. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So tell us a little bit more about you and who you serve, what you do.
1: Yeah, sure. So my name is Maria and I live in Hampton Roads area of Virginia. Um, I've been married for almost 10 years and we have one daughter and one dog and an exchange student and a college grad living with us. So it's a very full house here on the personal side. And on the business side, I'm in online marketing, and I work with other small business owners in the areas of, as you mentioned, search engine optimization and online advertising. And I also can build Squarespace websites and just kind of take a holistic view of online marketing, just trying to find the best channels to um, broadcast the best message that you have to the right person.
0: Amazing. That's what we all want, right? Broadcasting that's, the best message the goal. Yes. To, the, to the best person. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I see that you also, um, oh, okay. So your current customers range from a film director to a landscape company. Like, that's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting because it's such a broad market but I kind of thought originally that I'd be working mostly with kind of creative entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been really fun to work with you know as you mentioned like a film director who then became a published author or um, the landscape architect has been an awesome client and I've learned a lot which is my favorite kind of client when they kind of take the long view of hey let me teach you my side of the industry and I will do the marketing side. And so we both kind of grow together. And so that's been really fun.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. So what is the, what do you do the most for your clients? Like when you say online marketing, like that's a pretty broad, you know, subject there.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. That's why I try to specify a little bit. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. what I do Um, just depending on what the person needs is, you know, we'll just have a quick chat before I get started working for them and just talk about, you know, what their goals are, what they think that they want or need, and then kind of some areas where I can see I can help improve.
0: Mm. And
1: so that's always just really insightful for me, because sometimes people want, you know, to run a ton of Facebook ads. But really, when you look at it, their target market is more on, for example, Pinterest, And so Mm. we might look at that instead. And so it kind of starts with a conversation. And then a lot of times people want to grow their customer base. So we can do that through online advertising. And then another area that I'm really passionate about that you kind of mentioned is SEO, Mm. which is basically making sure your website shows up on Google when people are searching for the problem or issue that your product or service can solve. And so I'm really passionate about taking the long-term approach to that kind of marketing, because that's something that you're not going to see results overnight. But when you do start to see results, they're really long lasting.
0: Yeah. And that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't understand at all. Like including Mm me, because when I I hear search engine optimization, I think keywords and like you're just supposed to like stick a bunch of keywords in (laughs) your website. And and you're giggling.
1: So, (laughs) right, right. Well, and that's pretty, there's definitely some truth to that. Um, So, keywords are really important. But Mm -hmm. the most important thing that I always want to emphasize is that you've got to figure out who you're talking to before you worry about any of the online marketing. So, if you're talking to a woman in her early 20s who's not married, you're going to use very different verbiage and keywords and even advertising platforms than if you're talking to a male in his 60s who maybe has grandkids and he's about to retire. So that's kind of the first thing to look at. But then from there, the biggest target of SEO is to make sure you're providing relevant, up-to-date information for your target audience. And so a lot of people know the concept of keywords, but when you really drill down, it's just using the words, like I mentioned earlier, that people are going to search when you want them to find your product or service. So if you create makeup, for example, what words are going to be centered around your brand or what problems you solve? You know, if you're like, the best organic makeup in the world, then you don't want to necessarily go so broad with all of these other, trying to attract anybody who wants cheap makeup. That's probably not your target base. You want to look for people who might pay a little bit more, be a little bit, you know, more in the top range of income who really value the organic side, for example. So you really want to focus on who you're serving to even get to those keywords in the first place. Yeah.
0: And mostly do the key does it matter where the keywords are
1: it does and it doesn't the the most important elements of your website are going to be the title and then A lot of the information that's on the first page is just going to be indexed highly because it's kind of, you know, it's the front page of your website. But beyond that, honestly, some of the most successful strategies I've had is creating a blog or other piece of written content around a very specific problem. Because, you know, the broader the keyword, if you're trying to solve this huge big problem or you know there are if I'm going back to my example a ton of organic makeup brands so what sets you apart or what kind of things can you talk about that not everybody's talking about because the fewer people that are talking about those keywords the higher you're going to be able to rank quicker so it doesn't necessarily matter a ton what page it is on exactly but it does matter what you're talking about and who else is talking about that as well
0: Yeah. And something that just popped into my head as you were saying that is, um, I remember somebody saying they were a wedding photographer and Mm -hmm. they were like, just starting out and didn't really have too many, like, you know, shoots to put on Mm -hmm. their blog. Mm -hmm. So she blogged about like having an experience with her husband at a restaurant in Chinatown. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And somebody found her through the keyword of like Chinatown.
1: Sure. Yeah. And that can happen. Those things are so (laughs) fun to see. They're not necessarily, you know, kind of a random um, Hmm. find like that might not be sustainable, but it is true that as you create content, you are going to do some that's really purposeful, and you've got your keywords. And then others, maybe you have personal content or just something you're passionate about. And people are going to stumble across it as long as it's updating regularly, because you're kind of sending that signal to Google or whatever search engine all the time, like, hey, I'm still on my website, I'm still updating it. So even if you don't know exactly what to write, or you don't have certain keywords, even just updating your website, whether that's, you know, making a few changes here and there, or just posting a new blog, even that can be helpful to your SEO. Mm.
0: So just consistently adding content, like not necessarily pages, but Mm -hmm. adding something to your blog every week definitely helps your SEO.
1: Sure. And I mean, you definitely want to keep quality in mind. You don't want to just throw up you know, something random just to put it up. So mm-hmm. you want to create a sustainable schedule. So if that's once every two weeks, that's totally fine, but make it sustainable and make sure your content is worthwhile. Yeah. So
0: here's a question and I'm, I'll go personal here for a second, sure. but this podcast, I was thinking about posting the podcast episodes as a blog mm-hmm. post every week. I mean, there is a page for the, for the podcast on my website, but it, you Mm -hmm. know, has the first five or the last five episodes, like on that page. And then they can go to Apple or Spotify or wherever else they would like to listen to it. If they, Mm -hmm. if they find it through the website, but I was posting transcripts on my Mm -hmm. website, um, just like as hidden pages, But that probably doesn't really help me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the the hidden pages are probably not going to be a huge help. I would say in your circumstance, if you're willing to put a little bit of time, um, what I did for one of my clients who had a podcast is just kind of made a bulleted list of what they talked about and tried to include some of those keywords. So if you're making a bulleted list about our conversation, you might say, you know, Uh, Tips for small business owners about search engine optimization. We covered, you know, when do you advertise on Facebook and when do you advertise on Pinterest or some things like that. So Mm -hmm. maybe you don't need the whole transcript, but you can put in the most important bullet points and really focus it in on your target audience with what you're talking about as far as the content that you covered in the podcast.
0: Yeah. So like the show notes could be just kind of. Yeah, basically, basically. Very cool. Very cool. And actually that's what I was thinking about doing. I was just talking to my VA about it today. I'm like, I think we're straight changing strategies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And definitely don't, um, I totally understand why you would hide the transcripts, but for, you know, the show notes, I would not recommend hiding that. I think just having a place for people to go both as a helpful resource, but then also for those keywords to make sure they're Hmm. showing up on Google.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm just going to blog, each podcast episode every week.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think that's a great idea. And then it also makes it shareable for people. So if somebody really gets a lot out of it, then they can much Mm -hmm. more easily share it on social media or sending a link versus, you know, I use this podcast platform called Overcast, which I love. Mm-hmm. But if I can't share the blog post or the show notes, it's a lot harder for me to share with somebody who maybe exclusively uses iTunes for their podcasts, or I guess right. it's called Apple Podcasts now. I sound very mm. old. Yeah, <laughs> um, But it's just a good way to share across platforms and across devices, since it's not just iPhone anymore. You know, there's a pretty big split with iPhone and Android. And so that's really helpful.
0: Yes. Yeah. And for anyone listening that has a podcast, I actually just found um, this service. It's called Chartable and you can go in there and um, it gives you a link and then you can choose like all Android users that click this link, automatically send them to Spotify or Google um, play. And then all Apple users get sent right to Apple iTunes. So, and you can that's also really create cool. your own links for like campaigns that you're using. Like if I post on Facebook, I can create a link that is the charitable link with, you know, well, I think mine says like elevate FB. So I know that mm-hmm. people that clicked that link clicked it from Facebook.
1: Mhm.
0: That's, so, that's
1: an awesome service. Wow. I didn't yeah, know about that.
0: Yeah. So there's my share for the day.
1: <laughs> that is so helpful to a lot of people. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. When I found it, I was like, Ooh, this is fun. And then I was like, well, are people going to like want to click it? Cause it looks like a weird link. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we're just going to do this because once, if they do click it, they're going to be like, Oh, it takes me right there. Like they yeah. don't even have to do anything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The easier you matter. make it for people, the better. Exactly. And it doesn't matter if they're Google, I mean, uh, Android or Apple or anything. It doesn't matter. They just, yeah. it just takes them there. So very cool. That's awesome. So what do you find the biggest mistake is that most small business owners make when it comes to CEO, uh, CEO, SEO?
1: (laughs) You're totally fine. Um, I think really I'll briefly cover this one, but I kind of already talked about it and then I'll move on. I think the biggest mistake people make is really just thinking about like, what are some keywords versus going back to who am I trying to serve Mm. and everything kind of centers around that. So again, if you don't know specifically who you're talking to, you need to go back and define that before you focus on not just SEO, but Facebook advertising or Google AdWords or any of those advertising platforms. And so another mistake that I often see with SEO Um, Is actually with images those are really powerful for SEO and a lot of people overlook them So there's two elements of that there is first of all naming your images so one of the ways I used to do a lot more photography and one of the ways I often got found was by showing up in Google Image Search, which a lot of people do not even think about. Mm-hmm. But let's say I, you know, photographed at a particular location, I would make sure to name my images in kind for that location. And then when people were looking up, you know, family pictures in this place or wedding pictures in that place, then my images were at the top. And what Google often does is they give you a nice little strip of images at the top for visuals. And if you're one of those top people, and you've taken a really great picture, or you have a great picture of your product, then that's going to show up in a lot of cases. So naming is really important. And a lot of people just kind of put up the default name, you know, the. MG dash you know two five four or whatever it is, yeah. um, <laughs> yes. and that's just not serving you. So that's one big thing. And the other big thing is making sure your images aren't bogging down your website. So for Google, and, and Google's getting ready to make some changes in 2021. And I do want to know, I I totally know there are other search engines besides Google. It's just that mm-hmm. such a large majority of searches happen on Google that I just kind of referred to that. But the a lot of these concepts are kind of evergreen across platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but Google's about to make some big shifts in 2021, which basically continues to prioritize the user experience over even content in some cases. And so you want to make sure your website is loading quickly because I think all of us have gone to a website where you just wait and wait and wait. And eventually you just kind of click away because we're not willing to wait that long, you know, for better, for worse, we're impatient, we're busy, we have things to do. And so you want to make sure that your website is not losing customers just because it's slow. And so a big part of that, there's a lot of elements to that, but a big part is making sure your images aren't these huge, you know, 15 megabyte files that are taking forever to load, especially on data that will just cause people to click away. So naming the images and then properly sizing them for the web, those are two big things that you can do that'll really help. Mm.
0: Yes. Uh, and make sure they're JPEGs, make sure they're, or PNGs, um, files is very helpful and Mm -hmm. you can, um, if you have pictures taken by a photographer, most of the time the photographer will give you web shareable images,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which are the best ones to use on your website because they are the smallest file type.
1: Sure, because you don't need the same quality as if you're getting, you know, a 24 by 30 print. That right. is a whole nother level. But when you're loading right. it on the web and if you think about most of the traffic is on the phone, you really don't need large images in order to have them still appear as crisp, you know, good pictures. They don't have right. to be these huge files, thankfully.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about the relationship between social media and SEO? Cause I didn't so, even know there
1: was one. <laughs> this one. This is an interesting one. I think um, everyone would agree that social media is the most instantly gratifying one, unless you're struggling. And then it's the most frustrating one. You're right. <laughs> um, you know, it's either like, yeah, I'm doing great. Or why did nobody like this or nobody clicked mm. the link? And so the way I see social media in terms of SEO is twofold. First of all, it's a very legitimizing presence. And so if you have your social media linked from your website, it doesn't mean you have to update every single platform every single day. But let's say I click over to your Facebook page and you haven't shared an update in five or six months. That's going to delegitimize your business in my eyes. So it's better to take those links down. And that's not directly related to SEO, but... In just thinking about your whole web presence you want your website to be as updated as possible so that people know like and trust you so that's that's part of it is just kind of making a legitimate business whether you use one social platform or 10 just making sure that you're on top of them to a certain extent Um, the other great thing that social media can do is link over to your website obviously so as you're creating content you can share links um, on, obviously, Facebook, Pinterest. Some people will use LinkedIn. Instagram is a little bit trickier for links, so I wouldn't recommend that mm. as, as a key component of your SEO strategy. It could be useful, but most people don't have the swipe up feature. Most people don't go to Instagram to click away from the platform, and so it's just not often used. But I just see social media as driving traffic. And then if I can, if I can get a little bit in the weeds on this one, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, will go right ahead.
1: So probably a lot of us know about the Facebook pixel and probably mm-hmm. a lot of us know about Google analytics. So in case you don't know, basically you can put some code or whoever your web designer is can put some code on your website that tracks who's going to your website. So Google analytics has this great free platform where you can see, who's coming, what time, how many, you know, what their age is and all of that. And Facebook has the pixel so that you can track who's coming from your Facebook page, where are they going, you know, what content is shareable, are they purchasing, there's a whole lot of stuff you can do that. So the great thing is, even though they don't directly integrate with each other, if you have Google Analytics installed and you have Facebook Pixel installed, then you are gathering the data for both platforms at the same time. So what I mean by that is if you find my website through Google and you click over it, well, then Facebook is getting the information and the data from you, even though it didn't garner the original click. So they're going to know that you're, you know, a female in her thirties or whatever it is. And so then I can use that information in Facebook advertising, even though I didn't get it in the first place and then vice versa if you have Google analytics installed and someone clicks over to your website from Facebook, well then Google's going to get that data and you can use that for content creation to see what's really speaking to them. You can use that for Google AdWords and you can use that to see if you're getting your target demographic. So they kind of, if you know how to use them right, they have kind of a loose marriage together that basically works out to, you get to collect more data for use in more ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with that. And I do know, like again, Facebook ads and Google ads like I know enough to be dangerous, but that's about <laughs> it. Right. Um I definitely always get, you know, a little extra help when I'm like running something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it
0: can be it can be a money pit if you don't know what you're doing. Sure.
1: Sure. So okay.
0: n- nobody wants that. So
1: Right. And the great thing about Google and Facebook is that you can do these remarketing campaigns, which is basically, it has happened to all of us where we go look at something on Amazon and then we get on Facebook and lo and behold, there it is being advertised to us. But that is what marketing is. Right. (laughs) So you can do a lot of things with, with Facebook ads. You can upload your email list and you can market only to those people, or you can create an audience that quote unquote, looks like your email list, you know, same kind of demographics. So you can do that kind of thing. But then you can also run these remarketing. So you can say anybody who's been to my website in the last 30 days, let's show them the ad or the last 365 days, we'll show that to them. And you can do similar things on Google. And so that is really powerful, because it means the people seeing your ads are already familiar with your brand product or service or all three. And hmm. so they're a lot more likely to buy if they've already seen you versus if the first time you show up is in a Facebook ad or a Google ad.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that creeps me out sometimes on Facebook too <laughs> is because it is a little creepy at first. It is really. creepy. Um, it is creepy they, for sure. I didn't even know that I was looking yes. at, you know, T-shirts or something, whatever, but is when, you know, you watch a video, like you watch somebody's video mm-hmm and then and usually it's like an ad so it's an ad you watch the video on the ad and you don't do anything with it right mm-hmm. and then like a couple days later or a couple hours later you see another ad that says hey you watched our video
1: but you didn't do anything yep and you're yeah. like what the <laughs> yeah and that that is the power of remarketing I mean you can Have you seen the ads where maybe you went to a website and added something to your cart and either decided not to buy it or forgot about it and then you get on Facebook and it's reminding you that it's in your cart and you're like, I didn't, I'm not buying anything from Facebook, I'm buying it from this random website. Well, that is the power of the Facebook pixel where you can add what are called event codes. So basically you can see if someone went all the way through checkout and they bought your product, great then you can save that for in the future, you know, because you bought our product 20% off and have really highly targeted ads. But if someone gets all the way to the cart, but doesn't land on the checkout page, that's a separate event. And so then they can just, you know, give a gentle reminder through Facebook that, hey, you haven't bought this yet. Are you sure you, you know, want to leave this amazing life-changing product in your cart instead of (laughs) hitting the purchase button? And so It is both powerful and creepy, depending on how you look at it. But as a business owner, there's just a lot of potential there. Yeah, there's huge power in the pixel. Mm -hmm. That is for Mm -hmm. sure. That is for sure. For better or for worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, definitely don't go crazy. Like if you're a newer business owner or if you don't know anything about Facebook ads and the pixel, like do some research, but do not go crazy. Like, trying to learn this, find somebody that knows this. Sure.
1: And what I recommend is if you don't have the budget or the time or whatever yet to either run ads or hire someone, I would say go ahead and just install the Facebook pixel because if you wait a year and you haven't installed it. Well then you've lost a year's worth of data of people going to your website. But if you install it now, even if you don't use someone for a year, well, they can look back and see, oh, well, these are the people visiting your website and we can remarket to those people. So Facebook has a ton of instructions. And if you need help, please, you can definitely personally reach out to me as well. And I'd be happy to shoot you a couple articles. It's They make it as easy as they possibly can to install because let's be honest, this is not out of the goodness of their hearts. They also want that data. And so they want to make it really easy on marketers to be able to install. So you should be able to, without a ton of problems, install the Facebook pixel. And just, even if you're doing nothing else, just do that. And you can always use the data later.
0: Yeah. It's like literally a little code, like snippet of code that they give to you that you just copy paste and put in the header of your,
1: yes. It's very easy. They even have a button where you can email it straight to your designer. If you have a web designer and you don't have to see it or, you know, they just try to make it as easy as humanly possible for a whole lot of reasons. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah.
0: Cause yes, the, it is totally not for, you know, just user experience. It is sure. definitely for their own, you know, gain as well. Uh, and which is fine. Facebook is a business.
1: Yeah. Whether and they have to know, turn a profit as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Whether we think they are or not, like Mark Zuckerberg is not a bazillionaire because he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't do anything right
1: right he's not he's not a bazillionaire because he's created a product that's free for everyone like there's, right. a, you know there's a purpose beside behind his actions and that's okay but I want everyone to be able to utilize that because it's there so let's take advantage of it if yeah. we are giving them the data anyways just by being on the platform exactly
0: yeah so if you don't have a pixel installed on your website right now go do that right now
1: Yeah. And let me mention real quick, that also applies to Instagram because since Facebook is owned Mm. by Instagram, um, you know, there's not a separate Instagram pixel. It is the Facebook pixel, but then you can use that for your marketing efforts on Instagram as well. So if you're thinking like Facebook's not my target audience, probably either Facebook or Instagram has somebody in your target audience. So again, just go ahead and install it. The worst that happens is you don't use it, but they're collecting the data anyways. So you might as well. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, I can't imagine some uh, a business owner never using a Facebook ad.
1: I cannot right. either. I'm sure yeah. <laughs> it happens, but I can't either. And so that's why I'm like, just install it. it you know, yeah. install Google Analytics, install Facebook Pixel. It will not hurt you. It will only help.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of answered this before, but, you know, when as business owners, we tend to focus a lot on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, that is, we feel like that is the space that's where we can connect more with people. I mean, on your website, people to me right now, people go to websites for information Mm -hmm. and to like, get some more, you know, info about you, what you do
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and maybe some, you know, of your pricing or to visit your store or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But social media seems to be the place where we feel like this is where we're going to reach our audience all the time.
1: Sure. And there is that constant nature of it where, you know, I was actually just looking at a pretty well-known marketer today and on Instagram, she it doesn't look like she even makes Instagram posts anymore because Instagram is so emphasizing, you know, stories and reels, which are so temporary, you know, 24 mm. hours and that's it. And so she's completely stopped posting on Instagram. She's just focusing on stories, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend you do, but it's just very interesting to see how rapidly it changes where uh, social media is still very powerful and you can do a lot and you can do a lot with those personal connections, you know, one-on-one messaging and again, Mm -hmm. the advertising and all of that. But at the same time, a lot of that stuff is kind of here today and gone tomorrow. I mean, even your posts, once everybody who follows you, who has ever, you know, who regularly interacts with your content, once they've logged in once, if they don't see your post or if they scroll past it, that's it. They're not going to see it again. And so it's, Mm it's hard to, I don't want to, you know, ruin hopes and dreams on social media. I use it and I'm a believer in it, but this is why I, I am just such a preacher of search engine optimization because it is just so much more lasting and it builds on itself. And honestly, a lot of people aren't doing it. And so it's just a great way to set yourself above the competition.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people right now, you know, especially the newer entrepreneurs feel like they don't need a website
1: like, well, I have social
0: media, but you don't own social media. Like Mm -hmm. if Mark Zuckerberg tomorrow says I'm done shutting it down, you just lost Instagram and Facebook.
1: Sure. And beyond him shutting it down, because let's be honest, only the government would be able to shut him down at this point. He's not going anywhere.
0: Uh, But beyond (laughs) that
1: is that it's constantly changing. And so if we think about Facebook three to five years ago, you could probably post a link or a photo and get a ton of interaction. Mm -hmm. And that's just not this. That's just not the case anymore comparatively. And maybe you're looking at brands who have 50,000 followers, but if you really break down the amount of interaction they're getting versus the amount of followers, it's a very small percentage. The other thing about social media is that people are not going on there to buy products They might, as a result, they might get on there, see a great product they love or get remarketed to and end up buying. So again, I believe in social media and online ads. However, when people are are on Google or a search engine, a lot of time their intent is to buy. So Mm -hmm. let's say you get on Facebook and a realtor just happens to be running an ad when you're looking to buy and it looks great and you click on it. That's awesome. Most of the time that's not going to happen because your intent is to see the cute baby and dog pictures or to click on that really inflammatory political article. Whereas on Google, you know, you'll go there when it's like, okay, I need to find a realtor. You're not going to go on Facebook and keep scrolling and hoping an ad for a realtor is going to come up because it might not, but you are going to go to Google and look for, you know, realtors near me, realtors in, you know, boston massachusetts or something along those lines and at that point your intent is i'm going to buy from somebody so show me who's qualified and so i really like that that it's often a more focused audience who's more ready to buy than people just mindlessly scrolling on social media looking for something to entertain them looking for a connection with friends or family or just something to kind of zone out after a long hard day yes
0: yeah i totally agree yeah when i go on google to go search on Google, like I, there's a purpose. I there is yep. a reason I am going to Google to search for something. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, Facebook is just more of a, you know, for me, I use it, you know, to make connections. But mm-hmm. I, you also get stuck in the scroll.
1: Yes. You know. Yep. So it's absolutely. like, and again, once someone scrolls past, that's it. Your your content is not coming back unless you advertise it. Versus Google, you know, if you're ranking on that first or second page, people are going to go back time and time again, and you're going to stay there, you know, mm-hmm. until somebody else bumps you out or something like that. But it just has a lot more staying power than the instant nature of social media.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it that's exactly it on social media. It's instant and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. in the blink of an eye, you know, I mean, I, I have like, I don't know, 800 and something friends on my personal Facebook page do you think I see everyone
1: every day no right there's no there's no possible way and so that you know and that's why the algorithm is here and everyone likes to hate on it and all that but really truly you could not see all those updates every day and you would be frustrated if you get on Facebook and you're seeing posts from like Your high school friend that you kind of just don't want to unfriend them because you don't want to be rude, but they're kind of there. You you don't want that at the top of your newsfeed if you're being honest. You don't want to see you know, your uncle who posts these random things and thinks he's like DMing someone, you don't necessarily want that to happen yeah. <laughs> to the top. But if somebody gets engaged, like you want that to show up at the very top. So you're staying connected. And so mm-hmm. the algorithm has gotten a lot of hate. And I totally understand that. And I have a lot of those same feelings. But we all actually want the algorithm. And so it's a thing that we've created by who we are, but then it can also just, it just changes the dynamic of marketing because your stuff just doesn't last anymore.
0: Yeah. And you can, you know, train quote unquote, the algorithm to show you what you want.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: You know, and, and you have lots of options for, you know, <clears throat> if you want to see aunt Mary's posts every day, the first thing mm-hmm. you can go to aunt Mary's profile and tell Facebook to show those to you first.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: So, you know, you can do that for anything.
1: and Right, right. And what you
0: engage with, you see more of.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. So if there's somebody where you're like, I haven't heard from them in a while and they're a good friend, seriously, just go to their profile and like and comment on a couple things and you'll start yeah. seeing them pop up. So you do have some agency, you know, again, I understand the frustrations and you're not going to speak, you, you know, you're going to miss stuff, but... Ultimately, that is Facebook trying to make it a good experience so that you stay on there longer, so that you continue to scroll, so that you keep coming back because you have this feeling of, I'm not going to get this anywhere else, and I kind of have to go to Facebook for it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I notice like on mine, I will like or comment in certain groups or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, and then I start seeing that same language from... Like that people were using in that post,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I, I start seeing like the same types of posts with the same types of language
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot, and I'm like, okay, this is just making my headache because every <laughs> because it seems like everybody's talking about the same thing, but mm-hmm. it's only because you have engaged with those posts that have that type of language and are people that you've connected with. So now Facebook is like, oh, this, this, and this. She's, you know engaging with this type of content we're going to show her more
1: right and that is just a very different i guess you could call it mindset than google who's saying okay what is going to be most helpful for this person when they're trying to solve this problem or Mm -hmm. ask this question and that's why you'll see they've done a lot of things to kind of enhance your user experience so if you look up a word at you don't even have to click anywhere at the very top is that dictionary definition of the word if you look up you know a conversion from kilometers to miles it's at the very top they're they're trying to get you to stay there and so it's a very different intent than trying to you know provide connection and personal and what does this specific person want to see it's more like all right, let's be as helpful as possible. Let's keep people on Google as long as possible. And let's make sure to provide the most relevant information versus the most personal connection.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Google really isn't a personal connecting platform.
1: Correct. Correct. That's not their main goal. They tried with, uh, what is it? I always forget the name of it. Was it Google Plus? yeah social media platform i mean it's so it was so poorly done i can't even remember it so they tried and that's just not why people are on google and that's i mean i think there's probably a lot of reasons but that's why i think the ultimate failure happened is because people aren't on google to get the warm fuzzies and to see what other people are posting they're there to get the answer to a question or to solve a problem that they have um i mean think about why you use google and if you think about it for two seconds it doesn't make sense that you would have the same mindset as on social media
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too with Google is that a lot of people might not know is if you have a Google business, you know, account, you can go in there and like post posts and post Mm -hmm. like sale things and pictures and all of these things so that it's like your own little profile, business Mm -hmm. profile right on Google.
1: Right. And that helps um, in a number of ways. If you're a local business, it's going to help you, you know, again, you might get on there and search realtors near me. And so if there's a realtor who's got a ton of good reviews on their Google page, and they're posting regularly, they're going to rank higher than somebody who's kind of not active, even if they're still a great realtor, it doesn't change who they are as a person or even a business. But Um, It really helps with that, the local ratings and the local SEO, but then it also helps, you know, if somebody goes to your page, again, they're seeing the most up-to-date information and so you've got the local side of it, but then just the general updating Google, hey, I'm still here. Hey, I'm using your product, you know, you want to You want to play into what the platform wants. And as much as I wish that wasn't the truth, that's just (laughs) how it works. And so if you play nice with Google and if you play nice with Facebook, they will reward you for that. And so if you're using Google frequently, they're going to see that and they're going to reward you in SEO. And maybe that sounds unfair, but at the end of the day, it's their platform. And so they want those people who are going to be enthusiastically using it versus people who are like... Uh, I just want to rank on page one, but want to put in no effort. Like you're not, that's not going to work. That's not a viable strategy. Right. Right. Awesome.
0: Maria, this was an amazing conversation with a crap ton of information and gold nuggets. And I'm excited for everyone to hear it there. Is there anything that you feel like would totally wrap this conversation up? Anything you want to
1: say? last well, thought first of all you asked some really great questions i don't know if i've gotten that deep in a long time on a podcast so oh, nice <laughs> for the questions um if anybody feels like they're stuck they don't even know the very basics of seo like all they know is it's important but i don't know where to start mm-hmm. if you want to share this with your audience you're more than welcome i have a freebie if you go to google.mariagracellc.com mm-hmm. and it's just a free download it is five basic starting points for seo and i really break it down you do not have to know anything about seo that's kind of the point and that'll help you just get started thinking about it get started with the basics and you can grow from there and continue to do research but at the very least now you know you can download that and read it also install the facebook pixel and google analytics so that's that's the homework for anyone listening who wants to see their business grow awesome and where can everyone find you on social media I am Maria Grace, LLC, I think everywhere. So on Instagram or at Maria Grace, LLC, Facebook at Maria Grace, LLC as well. And then I'm also on LinkedIn, which I know isn't the coolest, but I'm actually seeing a lot of success there. So I'm excited about that. So you can find me Maria Grace or Maria Grace, LLC on there as well.
0: Yeah. I feel like LinkedIn has been the underdog for quite Mm -hmm. a while Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you guys get on it. Get on LinkedIn yeah. now and start yeah. using it now because I know it's been years. I know it's been on for years and people are like, oh, it's just for professionals. Oh, it's just for that. But I'm going to tell you, mark my
1: words, it's going to blow up and it's going to blow up soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Because so. yeah, it's,
1: everybody... not, just a... yeah. it's, it's not, not just for resumes anymore, for sure. No, definitely
0: not. I mean, you can share, you can be seen and the algorithm is not owned by Mark Zuckerberg. So
1: I yep. will just all leave thankful for that. To that.
0: Yes. Uh, the more connections that you have, like make sure they're quality connections, but the more connections you have on LinkedIn, the more people are going to see your stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. how it works there. So, yep. you know, like if Maria and I are connected, Maria has 5,000 connections and she likes my post, my post will start to get seen to her like shown to her 5,000 connections and mm-hmm. I don't even have to be connected to them.
1: It's like Facebook in the old days. It is. It's like the wild West, Facebook yes. wild West. Yes. yes. If you West. want a little nostalgia, just go to LinkedIn for a minute. And you'll be like, Oh, this is how it used to work for marketing. It's yes. Nice yes. Remember.
0: So <laughs> go do that. Like just get on there and just start. I mean, even if you just post on there once a week, just start doing it. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just to get, get it rolling. I mean, important, I
1: think, you know,
0: especially if your ideal clients are there.
1: Sure. Sure. I I feel like we could keep talking for like another hour about all Uh, of these things. I know we've so much to cover. (laughs) We definitely could.
0: (laughs) But yes, like Maria said, um, and the same goes for me. You guys know at the end of every episode, I always tell you this screenshot, listening to this episode, tag Maria and I in your stories on Instagram, um, or send us a DM, ask a question, just tell us what you got out of this, just so yes, that uh, that we know and, and we can, you know, come cheer you on. So again, Maria, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this. I really appreciate it. Thank you and- so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And everyone, we'll see you in the next episode.